Hello and welcome to Belfast High History Podcast. This is John Wishart and we've reached the end of our Northern Ireland series with the Good Friday Agreement. Finally, in 1998, after years of torturous negotiations and after 3,000 deaths in the Northern Ireland Troubles, an agreement was reached. This was the Good Friday Agreement and it was agreed between uh, nearly all the parties and the British and Irish governments. So the Good Friday Agreement at last had it had three strands within it, three main strands, and what it would do, it would bring Sinn Féin into the political process, it would also bring loyalists into that process, it would create a newly devolved assembly based on power sharing, and it would add an All-Ireland dimension to Northern Ireland affairs. Um, again, all parties agreed, apart from the DUP who opposed the agreement, who uh, saw the agreement as a step towards United Ireland. The Good Friday Agreement was endorsed as well too by uh, 71% of the population in a referendum. Now it has to be said this was um, endorsed by a vast majority of nationalists, and, uh, which would be 97% of nationalists, uh, but only marginally endorsed by Protestants of 54% of the Protestant community endorsed the agreement. That being said though, both sides have a majority in terms of supporting this agreement and over, overwhelmingly 71% definitely support this. So this is a good start, okay? We're going to start then looking at the strands. So to understand the Good Friday Agreement, you have to know about the three strands. So it probably goes in order of importance. So the first strand was an acceptable form of power sharing in Northern Ireland, something, an assembly, an executive that can be agreed uh, with everybody. So how is this going to be achieved? Well, after torturous negotiations, they uh, decided that, well, look, we're going to have an assembly. There's going to be 108 MLAs, members of the Legislative Assembly, within that assembly. And it's going to be chosen by STV, Single Transferable Vote, which is a form of PR, which is a, a lot fairer way of uh, rep representing all communities. Uh, it is going to have much broader representation as well, hopefully, than just traditional unionism and nationalism. So they were hoping for other um, different types of politics, like gender politics and maybe green politics as well too. There is the top of this then to be a power-sharing executive. So the power-sharing executive was going to be um, going to be chosen. A government is going to be chosen from this. It has to be made up of nationalists and unionists. Um, and at the very top of that, instead of one person, there's going to be uh, uh, two people, okay? So it's going to be a first and deputy first minister. So this deputy first and first minister are going to be from the nationalist and unionist communities. However, that position is a joint uh, basis, okay? So although there is the word deputy, uh, both of them have to have equal power and they cannot operate without both people in position. So it encourages unionists and nationalists to work together. The second strand within the Good Friday Agreement is the North-South Strand. So it's an agreed role for the Republic of Ireland. Um, and the institution for this is going to be the North-South Ministerial Council, the NSMC. So for the first strand, it is uh, the Northern Ireland Assembly. For the second strand, it's the NSMC, the North-South Ministerial Council. So the Republic of Ireland, as part of this here, actually managed to drop uh, Articles 2 and 3 
of their constitution, which eased a lot of unionist concerns. This is something that was suggested in the Downsie Declaration. Well, it was passed with a 94% majority at referendum. So, um, so unionists were very happy of that. The North South Ministerial Council, well, it was set up as a permanent body and it's set up to coordinate policy across uh, several shared areas within Ireland. Uh, things that, uh, you know, the whole island would um, be able to share and benefit from. So waterways, trade, tourism, health, food standards, things like that, okay? You can see this today with um, things like motorway connections and uh, even your food safety adverts, you know, barbecue adverts and your uh, those uh, crazy uh, uh, road safety adverts for everybody getting killed. That's all to do with the North South Ministerial Council where they share uh, on both sides. Okay, so that's the, the second strand. The third strand is to do with east-west links. So this is something that's put in for, for unionists in particular. Um, and it's designed to encourage cooperation across the British Isles. So it's between Ireland and between the constituent parts of uh, the United Kingdom as well too. So uh, you know, be Scotland and, uh, and Wales, Northern Ireland, uh, as well as the Republic of Ireland, and also the likes of the Isle of Man and Jersey and places like that. So it was designed to cooperate in things like tourism, e-commerce, transport links, crime, elements like that. So they, those are the three main strands. However, however, never forget about the extra things that are included, okay? So there are three strands, but there are also these other issues that needed to be agreed as well too, and they're far more controversial. Um, firstly, there's prisoner releases. Um, the, the different groups, the paramilitary uh, groups, wanted to get involved in the peace process, they wanted to have a ceasefire um, uh, or to continue their ceasefires, but they also wanted to be able to be invested in this, okay? And as part of this political process, the British government agreed to release political prisoners or prisoners on, um, on license, okay? That means if they come out of jail, uh, if they commit any crimes, they'll be sent back for the rest of their sentence. Now, this was highly controversial. Uh, a lot of unionists in particular were very angry about uh, the release of prisoners. Secondly, there is the patent reforms, there's the reform of the RUC. So um, the ex-governor of Hong Kong, uh, Chris Patton, um, introduced a number of changes to try to transform the acceptability of the police across all communities in Northern Ireland. So the RUC was changed to the PSNI. The badge was changed as well too, to reflect a lot of more different symbols. Police recruitment was changed to try to make it 50-50 as well too. Uh, and then finally, there was talk about decommissioning as well too. So this is a very controversial. So um, unionists certainly believed that um, with the agreement would come decommissioning where uh, paramilitary weapons would be put beyond use. Uh, this was not something that was um, acted on after the Good Friday Agreement and certainly it led to a lot of um, bitter unionist anger over uh, what was not pushed through in terms of the IRA. So this would actually cause problems later on for the agreement. Okay, so those are the three strands and the uh, the three extra um, other reforms, other issues that were actually agreed. Finally then, what, what were the reactions to the Good Friday Agreement? Well, reactions were divided, okay? So uh, for unionists, unionists were deeply divided by the agreement. So, as you saw before, 54% of Protestants would have actually voted for it in a referendum. The UUP was led by David Trimble, who was the biggest unionist party in Northern Ireland 
by a good deal at that initial stage. However, uh, they were deeply divided by this agreement. Six out of their 10 MPs opposed the agreement. Um, and you had key members like Jeffrey Donaldson and Arlene Foster, who are now in the DUP, they clearly opposed the agreement uh, and later on would uh, jump ship towards the DUP. So the UUP was very, very divided. It was very difficult for David Trimble to actually keep that party together. Uh, large amounts of unionists would actually start to begin to move towards the hardline DUP because they felt as if they had got sold out. Uh, why did they feel that? Well, it's mostly to do with the things that have been given in concessions. So they feel as if they've given up um, you know, a lot of power to the, the South. They feel as if their prisoner releases have you know, really rewarded violence. They hate the way they've had to reform the RUC in such, in such a way, and they've got no decommissioning. So for unionist community, they clearly feel as if they have been the losers in this, and slowly that begins to um, develop into a lot of anger uh, amongst the unionist community as well too. So they're very angry at the concessions that have been made, and this would see a development from the UUP towards the DUP, and soon the DUP would be the largest unionist party. Uh, so, a unionist campaign was also set up to uh, to oppose the agreement as well too. Now, it didn't get very far. Uh, in terms of the agreement, as you can see, 71% overall would have voted for the uh, for the agreement. Uh, the DUP opposed the Good Friday Agreement from the very beginning and it would actually try to go in to the Assembly and try to bring it down from within um, until it realised that it actually got quite a lot of support from uh, getting involved in the Good Friday Agreement. How did nationalists see it then? Well, nationalists um, did have differing views as well. The Provisional IRA felt that the agreement was actually, uh, fell far shorter than what they were actually wanting in some respects. Okay, so they refused to decommission their weapons. They probably knew that they could use the weapons as a bargaining chip later on, and they held on as long as possible. It wasn't until 2006, in fact, that they started to put their weapons beyond use. This clearly infuriated Unionists and weakened the, the moderate DUP. Sinn Féin, Sinn Féin took part in the new Northern Ireland Assembly. It's an important step because it was recognising in a way the Northern State. It was working in a very Unionist building, which is Stormont. Um, so it was a big step forward for them in some respects. Um, and they had to change their constitution as well to allow their members to become part of this, um, this Assembly. However, Sinn Féin did remain very wary of the PSNI and the justice system as well too. It would take them until 2006 as well to get fully engaged and support the justice system in a, a much more um, invigorating way. So, all in all, the Good Friday Agreement has produced a number of effects. It's actually certainly brought peace to Northern Ireland. Um, and it's brought a government of sorts over the years too. Now, clearly it's had its ups and downs, but it's a lot better than um, the death and destruction that was meted out over um, 30 years of, of violence. So this concludes our 1965 to 1998 history of Northern Ireland. Hopefully it's been useful. Uh, it's full of nuggets, these little uh, podcasts. So hopefully it helps you to understand the various aspects of uh, Northern Ireland history for your GCSE. Thanks very, very much for listening. I really appreciate it. Take care.